So, as I told you all, this is episode two of Bible Drive. So let me begin. People, this your boy Viper, the man about tech, and welcome to episode two of Bike Drive. This is the podcast about tech, hosted by the man about tech. And tonight we have a very special guest, my dude, formerly Mr. Techno Buffalo himself, John Rettinger, is in the building. John, how you doing, man? What's going on, Viper? This is John Rettinger. I'm excited to be here. I felt like yeah. I, I had a match. I had a, I had a match your energy going in, or would have just sounded weird. Thank you for having me, man. I'm, yeah, I'm pumped so, to be here. No, man, man, I'm glad to have you, man. Like you said, like we talked about before we went on air. We've been going back and forth. I think yeah. you, you, uh, you randomly followed me on Twitter one day when I was going back and forth with John Proctor, which happens a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that's my dude. I love John Proctor. That's my guy. But talking to you tonight. It's funny because I've been following you off and on for probably a few years, man. You are one of the YouTube OGs. You've been doing it for probably 10 years or more, I'm guessing. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm Team Krusty at this point. <laughs> I don't know about all that. but you <laughs> been rock, been rocking it for a while. You've been in the game for a long time, no doubt, man. So tell me, how did you come to be – how did you come to do YouTube videos? How did you get started? Yeah, so honestly, it was like – just right place right time so this is back before the youtube partner program this is like when youtube was mostly like cat videos and guys getting hit in the balls uh, it was pretty much all that was on uh youtube i was looking to get a new computer and i wanted to learn how to use it and i was just looking for tutorials and there weren't any so i figured i'm just, I, just as on a whim i'm gonna try to make some myself and i created the account john four lakers it was my aim screen name from middle school just to show i had 0, 0.0 foresight that any sort of ever uh, business or brand could ever come from it. Um, and the videos cut on, not because they were good or because I was good, just because really no one else was doing it at the time. Um, and it uh, it grew pretty quickly. And the partner program came around, which is how you could sort of share in the revenue. Uh, and I wrote a handwritten letter to the guy who was in charge of the partner program. It was a two-page handwritten letter. I found his address and I sent it to him uh, for why I should be invited into this, what at the time was like really exclusive. Uh, and I got a letter back. So that was surprising. It was like, thank you for taking the time. Never write me again. Uh, but we're accepting you <laughs> to the partner program. Um, I was working like a job that I hated too. Like, hated it so much that I hope I get in a car accident so I wouldn't have to go. Um, and then like pretty quickly, I was at like income parity with making videos in my one-bedroom apartment versus working a job for 40 hours that I really, really, really didn't want to go to. So I, essentially the short version, I wrote a business plan, went to pitch it and I got laughed at. So I went back to business school, revised the business plan and uh, fast forward, I guess here we are now, like uh, almost 10 years later. Man, well, that letter that you wrote and when you got accepted into the partner program definitely worked out in your favor. But I'm <laughs> curious about your handle, John Four Lakers. Does that mean that you're a Lakers fan? So first you can ask me anything, nothing is off limits. Yeah, big time Lakers fan. I'm a big, you can, anybody who's gonna see the video, you can see it in my sweatshirt, I got a Rams logo. Big into I'm Southern California sports. I'll go think, I know you're a big Ram fan, but I was just wondering if you were a Laker fan. So you are a Laker fan. Okay. Big, big time, so, big time Laker fan. So I got to ask you about one of my favorite players ever. Where does Kobe Bryant rank in your Laker pantheon? Uh, Magic Johnson, Shaq, Kobe Bryant. Oh, after Shaq, really? Oh, man, you're killing me. And, and, and in all honesty, I don't, based on a player, I'd probably put on number one. I love Kobe Bryant. I got a hard time with. 
the accusations that also went along with Kobe Bryant. That's uh, why I sort of ranked that a little bit lower. Okay, okay, I can, I can understand it. I, I can, I can't argue with that one. Can't argue with that. <laughs> so I, I think you talked about this on one of your live streams not too long ago. But how yeah. did you come up with Techno Buffalo? That's okay, an so interesting you, name. Like, okay, so I give the now that now that I sold it, I can give the honest like the honest answer. So I went to school in Rochester, New York. It was like an hour away from Buffalo. That was the answer that I told everybody. But it was just between us, right? We're just friends. Uh, that is not the truth. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the, the truth was I was a marketing guy by, uh, by profession before I started doing videos. And I wanted something that I could brand, that I wanted to have like techno in the title. And honestly, I was competing at the time with Phone Dog. Phone Dog was like our big, you know, it was, it was me. It was uh, Mark Watson, Soldier Knows Best and phone dog i'm like i don't know they got a dog i was like what's easy to spell and brand like buffalo um and the url was available and that 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 is the the honest truth and i think i've only told that story one other time um but that's really where it came from wow that is a hell of a branding strategy you just you uh -huh. just put like two random words together and made it work that, that, that cool. i was like honestly what i did was just I was, and then i was like embarrassed to say where i got it from so i'm like yeah i went to school in upstate new york it was close to buffalo so that's where it came it was a lie dirty dirty lie here that i'm revealing all right so so speaking of techno buffalo let's talk about your recent transition Fire you away. are no longer associated with techno buffalo so talk to us about how yeah. that came to be I'm still associated in my heart right. with, with Techno Buffalo. It's still weird to say when I do videos, like, hey, I'm John Ranger from Techno Buffalo. I'm so used to saying that. Um, so here's here's the honest, and again, I'll be very honest. You can ask me any question you want. If I don't want to answer it, I won't answer it, but feel free to ask anything. <laughs> um, so I had been running the website for the past six years and also doing YouTube videos. And the running the website was taking more and more of my time. Uh, more and more of my time with contract negotiations, with, with ad ops, with troubleshooting. It was just taking, it was sucking all of my time out. And I couldn't devote hardly any time to the YouTube side. And that's where my love is. And sort of we started to see the videos kind of reflect my burnout um, from the website side. So I had to figure out what I wanted to do. I, it wasn't sustainable to do both. I wasn't doing, I wasn't doing either very well um, just because of hours in the day. Um, so I started trying to thinking, okay, where is my passion? Um, I still, I love making videos. I, I, mean, I, the fact that I get to do it for a living is such an incredible blessing and a privilege. And I wasn't ready to give that up. What I was ready to give up was the managerial monotony of running a website. Um, so it took a long time to find the right partner, somebody that was going to stay true to my vision and grow it beyond what I could do. Um, but also somebody who could keep the writing staff that we had, let them keep their jobs, let them keep, you know, keep writing for Techno Buffalo as they had. Um, stability for people who worked with me um, was, was really important. So talk to Mobile Nations. It was a very, very quick, like this is going to work out very well. And once we sort of had that mutual understanding, I mean, the deal closed in about three weeks. If you're going to give your website over to a company, Mobile Nations is one of the best. So that's an absolute awesome move in my book. Thank you. And you know, as, as, as good as their website is, and again, I don't have to say any of this. I'm not under any sort of like non-disparage agreement. They were really easy to work with. They were honest. They were upfront. Um, they had a vision for the site and they could take it to levels that I just couldn't. So it was, it was a really good fit and a fit that now a month later, I, I feel really good with. Um, and I think in the next 
probably next two or three weeks, we'll start to see their vision of Techno Buffalo. You know, they're going to switch CMSs over to their proprietary one. Then you'll start to see what it's going to be. Uh, but I had a chance to meet with the new editor in chief, Narav, at CES. And like that dude is incredibly passionate, smart, and intelligent. And uh, I'm reading Techno Buffalo every day. It's very weird to just like read it. But I I'm still hope to be you know, involved in sort of collaborating with them in, in some way or some, some form. I mean, absolutely. It would be, be kind of weird if you like never had any contact with Techno Buffalo again. That would be weird. I don't think we could have that. The internet wouldn't be the same. So definitely, definitely looking forward to seeing what you do with those guys in the future. But, Thank you, man. But since you are no longer with Techno Buffalo, as you alluded to, that has freed you up to do other things. I'm Whoa. free, my friend. I yes. am free at last. Yes. I am free. You are free. So, Mr. John Rettinger, since you are freed up from the website doldrums, where does John Rettinger go from here? Dude, I got to have you follow me around. You think that you're an awesome hype man. Like, I'm getting pumped <laughs> just sitting here talking to you. So, all right. So, recommitting myself full time to YouTube and trying to find what that means is scary and awesome and that's what we've been doing behind the scenes you're not going to see the full transition for a few more months but finding that voice finding that vision again uh has been awesome so for me on camera that's what you're going to start to see from the new youtube channel off camera we actually launched the new or the very first sort of offshoot the new youtube channel um that's not going to have me on camera that i'm sort of just managing behind the scenes that um Robert Rosenfeld, who formerly hosted a lowdown for us, and Matt Gonzalez, um, who hosted videos on Techno Buffalo, uh, are running. It's called the Apple Circle. It's focused on, on Apple products, not necessarily like pro Apple, but like all the tech that revolves around Planet, Planet Apple. And that's the first new channel I've created, really created in nine years. So it's cool to see how like YouTube treats a new channel, how the algorithm has changed, uses like a test bed for stuff that we use on the main channel. It's wild to see, uh, and it's been really fun. Gotta be careful about that YouTube algorithm, man. I'm telling you, oh. man. That thing is nasty sometimes. <laughs> Dude, that YouTube algorithm giveth and uh, taketh away. But it's interesting to see how much they favor new channels versus older channels. That is something that I never, like, expected. And I think that's uh, something that's flawed with YouTube. Yes, definitely. It is definitely much harder for newer channels to get traction. But it's not impossible. But it is more difficult than what it probably should seem. So you are right about that. No, I mean, I, I completely agree. Um, how's the algorithm been for you? Like, have you found, like, what videos of yours have taken off and what videos have you thought that were going to take off that just didn't? Well, if we're being completely honest, the only videos of mine that actually taken off are a couple of videos that were shared out by John Proctor and his community tab. Mm -hmm. um, besides those videos, only a couple of other, I think maybe one or two videos actually took off. I did a video about a few months ago about the, uh, about the Ridge Wallet. And that one has, like, 6,000 views now. So that one kind of took off. Yeah. And I did a video a long time ago when they first announced the new Google Pay app. I did a review about that, like when it first happened. And that video kind of taken off. I think that one has like 8,000 views now. So other than those two, haven't really had other videos take off per se. But I have noticed that since I've kind of niched down into Apple-centric content, the initial velocity of the videos is getting higher and higher each video I do. So I'm starting to like train the algorithm on where to send my video. So I am noticing an uptake. But it's a process like anything else, and I'm just working on it day by day. Dude, it is a process. And listen, I want to – I'm going to see if I can make you blush a little bit. Uh, I, I want to I throw a compliment your way. Um, uh -oh. There are a lot of people that have the idea of like, oh, I want to collaborate with, with more established YouTubers. People have been doing it longer, but nobody ever reaches out. 
or nobody reaches out respectfully or they make demands. Um, I have so much respect for you for reaching out to everybody that you want to collaborate with. First of all, I think that I think that takes guts and I think that shows dedication to what you do, but also doing it very respectfully um, is, is a very fine line to walk. And I, I just I, I want I want to respect your hustle is really what I want to say. Um, I respect what you're doing. I know you've gotten some some flack from others for it. Um, but man, I, I respect what you do and I respect how you do it. Thank you. I appreciate you. Before we go on, shout out to my man, Chinote, with the $10 super chat. I see you do. Thank you. I appreciate the support, man. But let's talk about this since we're on the subject of collaboration and whatnot. Before, before I started doing videos, it seemed to me that there was some sort of like divide between bigger creators and smaller creators, or I should say bigger channels and smaller channels. For whatever reason, before I came on the scene, it seemed to me that smaller channels felt like they couldn't reach out to bigger YouTubers or that bigger YouTubers wouldn't collaborate with some, with smaller YouTubers for whatever reason. It just seemed like there was some type of divide. I don't know if like the bigger YouTubers were like too proud to collaborate or the smaller YouTubers were like too afraid to ask or reach out like you said, but I'm like, all right, I, I'm in these people's comment sessions and in their communities. I've been in, I've been watching YouTube for 10 years. So before I ever became a creator, I was watching YouTube for 10 years, participating in these other YouTuber communities and things like that. So I'm like, I'm going to reach out and see what happens because I have nothing to lose. Either they can say yes or they can say no. But also, like you alluded to, you got to do it with tact and respect, too, because you're going to get some yeses. You're going to get some no. Everybody's busy. I mean, when I originally asked MKBHD to come on and do a live stream with me, he told me that it was right in the middle of October, actually before October, but we were going into Techtober, which was like the big thing of month and the history of tech. So he's like, dude, you got to catch me after October. So I just waited. I brought, I, I brought my time. And then I think like, what, two or three weeks ago, he sent out a tweet about starting a live stream or doing a live stream. And I just threw it out there. I'm like, yo, MKBHD, you should join me on a live stream. You did say after October and we're in almost February now. So one thing led to another and we finally made it happen. Uh, what was last week? And yeah. So like you said, it all, it's all about respect, tact, respecting people's time and hustle and just putting yourself out there because you're not going to get any like feedback or you're not going to get any collaboration if you don't ask. So you, you got to reach out. No, and I'm not surprised that Marquez came on. A lot of people don't know this about him. I haven't had a chance to meet him personally. He's one of the genuinely nicest people like on the planet. Um, yeah. So, I mean, when you think about big YouTubers, I think it's, you know, it, it's him and he's in the tech space, you know, it's him and it's unbox therapy probably, you know, are the, the two, the two largest going. Um, but I think there's a perception, whether you want to, whoever you want to consider big YouTube versus not big YouTube, that like you can't reach out. But every big YouTuber, everybody you perceive as a big YouTuber started out at some point. Um, you know, I kind of alluded to it when you asked about how Tech in Buffalo got started, but I reached out to every major tech website when I started, before I started Techno Buffalo to say, listen, video is going to be a big thing. Let me make videos for you. You know, you Engadget, you CNET, you Gizmodo at the time. Uh, and nobody got back to me. And like, that sucked and that hurt. And I remember that feeling. Um, so whenever anybody's reached out in a, in a respectful manner, I usually try to, to make time somehow. Sometimes it doesn't work out. But to, to give back, because people gave back to me. Um, and certainly I'm not the, the, the biggest one out there. But I do have an audience. And I think it's important for the audience to see that the tech world is a community. And the tech world can support each other. 
uh, a smaller YouTuber now is 2022's big YouTuber. Um, right. You know, and, and I think a raising tide raises all ships too. If we can get attention to somebody else, that's just going to help, you know, the, the tech vertical in general. That's always how I've been looked at it. Um, you know, and you reached out. I just, I respect what you've done, like I said, but you reached out respectfully. You were willing to change times to make it work because usually, it's, you know, broadcast on the weekends or Friday nights and that's my family time. You're like, no problem. Let's make it work. And you're flexible. We made it work. And I'm thrilled to be here. Yeah, absolutely. Like, obviously, I mean, if we could have did the Friday night thing, that would have been great. But I know that you're a busy man. You, you got a lot of stuff going on. So I have the fortunate opportunity to be pretty flexible with my time because I don't really have too much going on like without doing YouTube and actually working a full-time job. But I know that other, like, uh, other creators such as yourself who've been doing it for a long time and you have a lot of obligations and things like that, I understand that you're not going to be able to, like, if I want to do stuff on a Friday, you're not gonna be able to do it on a Friday because you have, like you said, you have your family obligation. So I'm like, okay, maybe we could do this on a different day and time that works better for him. I'm yeah. flexible. And then that's why we're here tonight because we made it work. And but, I, but I think that's for other people too, to know that like, be flexible, like yes. be easy and people will be easy back. Absolutely. And shout out to my man, John Prother front page tech in the chat with the $5 super chat. Appreciate your support, man. John Prother's another one. He's one of the most genuine, People out there, a lot of people who see the brash personality and they don't look past that. But if you actually talk to John Prosser, he is a pretty cool dude. And he is very helpful toward smaller creators in the community, in and out of the community. So shout out to John Prosser, man. Yeah, you know, John and I got off to, let's just say a rocky start. Um, but he and I have spoken many times off offline. We, we've texted each other. And uh, I have a lot of respect for for John and how he handles himself. And I think especially what he does for, for the tech community. Um, so I consider, you know, I, I consider John a friend now, um, which is not a place that I thought that, you know, I would be, you know, last year, um, at this time. Um, but I have, again, a ton of respect for him for what he's building with front page tech and the hustle that he's had, he's been going at it for a long time. This was not overnight success. That was earned through a grind and dedication. Anybody who's got that dedication, uh, absolutely has my respect. Oh yeah. He like. I think he like he always likes to say that he was doing front page tech for five years before it actually caught on. And then once it caught on and he figured it out, he just kept going with it and the great that today. Yeah, he does, he deserves every ounce of every ounce of success. And uh I, I think that twenty nineteen is gonna be an incredible year for front page tech. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Looking forward. To, I think they're returning tonight. So I'm looking forward to that, John. Looking forward to that. So speaking of YouTubers and things like that, Mr. Redinger. Yes, sir. Do you watch do you watch YouTube first off? I do. You do. Um do you watch tech YouTube? I guess my second question. I do. I do watch tech YouTube. Who are your favorite tech YouTubers to watch? So I've been watching a lot of John Morrison's new videos. Um, just I, I know I, John's a friend. I know John very well. I'm, I'm going to go see him on Thursday. Uh, but John Morrison as a like a creative force and the creativity that goes in the artistry in his videos um, is something that I have a hard time seeing when I'm creating my own videos. And oftentimes I have to rely on others to sort of help me with that. So I honestly, I watch his videos for, for motivation. They're not even tech focused anymore. Mostly it's on his passions and music. Um, so I've been watching, I've been watching his channel like a lot. I've been watching Lou a lot more than I used to also. I mean, he's got a formula down. I'm trying to figure out, almost like studying, like how is that formula taken off so well? Um, I think what he's done has been absolutely uh, incredible. Um, I love Jaime Rivera from Pocket Now. Uh, let's see who else. Um, I never miss a Michael Fisher video, Mr. Right. Mobile. Just talked to him last week. He's the man. 
probably the nicest guy, not just in tech, but like one of the nicest human beings uh, on on the planet. So, so those are probably the big, you know, anything which Andy Marquez puts out, I'll watch. Um, you know, the, the the big tech YouTubers that I watch regularly, I watch Front Page Tech. Um, I watch a lot of John videos actually. Um, now, um, but do you watch like any up and coming tech creators that are not well known. You know, I, I try to watch a decent amount and mostly that's, so that's algorithm side. So generally I'll watch like two or three videos a night. Um, so I, one of my goals for this year actually is to kind of do what John's done is promote younger YouTubers. And I used to do it quite a bit when I was first starting out, you know, YouTubers used to watch and I kind of got busy and forgot about it. Um, so I, I want to watch more up and coming young creators, but okay. So a lot of YouTube videos I'm watching right now, and my wife looks at me every like I watch YouTube videos before bed, and I get like this weird side eye. <laughs> I never want I never want to do it, but I'm fascinated. People who are like converted vans into like places where they live, or converted like their bed of their truck into their house. I I don't, I don't know why I'm fascinated with that, but I've been watching so many videos. People that have like put a camper shell on the back of their truck, and like this is where they live, um, and like seeing how they've done it. It's funny you say that because I just watched a Peter McKinnon video uh, called "The Bucket Shot." And he ran into a, a town of people that live out of their van. So that's pretty interesting that you say that. It's wild. It's wild. It's the, the, how people use space and the economics of it and what they've done. I, I don't know why I find it fascinating. Um, I, I probably spend about 35 to 40 minutes a night like watching people who are like, here's an update on my truck house. Um, it's a very strange thing. And my wife keeps looking at me like, are we living? Are you, are you trying to tell me something? You trying to tell me something subtly? <laughs> So when you're when you're not watching tech or a van town video, what other type of YouTube videos do you enjoy? So I mean, right now Rams in the Super Bowl, so I'm watching like way more uh, highlights prepping for the Super Bowl uh, than I probably am doing anything else, which is probably why I haven't seen much uh, content from me in the past week. Um, it's Are a lot of sport. What's up? Are you going to the Super Bowl? All right. So, all right. So there's something else. <laughs> I, <laughs> so I was set to go to the Super Bowl. Um, and I, I, I'm a Rams season ticket holder. I've been a season ticket holder since they moved back to LA. I used to go and see them with my dad and they played in Anaheim. Like I've been a Rams fan. I mean, as long as they've been in Los Angeles and then before they left for St. Louis. Um, and so I was pretty pumped about it. I told my wife, I'm like, hey, I think I'm gonna go to the Super Bowl. And she looked at, and my wife is so understanding when I go, she lets me go to every home game, like never says a word. We have two kids at home and she's like, I got it. But she looked at me like glared at me and she's like you know that's zachary's birthday right mm. uh and zachary is my soon to be three-year-old who's turning three on sunday and i had forgotten that his birthday was on super bowl sunday oh so very quickly uh shuttled those plans and now we are having a super bowl party uh at our house um for uh for my son uh we'll all be sitting screaming at the tv with a bunch of toddlers you know I'm going to say for a home life and a home environment and home feng shui, you made the right choice. <laughs> I know. Like, I, every night when I tell a story to friends, there's like two schools of thought. Like, the married friends, like, oh, yeah, you had to do that. And then my not married friends are like, what? What? You just go. I was like, my wife is so understanding. The last thing I want to do is piss her off. And she's pregnant. Yeah. We, we have our, our third, our, our first daughter due in June. Like, I don't want to piss off no, the pregnant lady unnecessarily. No. Not at all. That's not what you No, want. right? No. So um, hopefully next year I'll get a chance to go to the Super Bowl and the Rams will be in it again. I mean, you with Sean McVay at the helm, man, you got, got a bright future, no doubt. Dude, fingers crossed. So sports I watch a ton of and uh, car videos. I love cars, tech, and sports are, are my jam. So I watch a ton of, uh, ton of car videos.
you are you a uh, Tesla guy? Uh, I, I I love Tesla for the technology, and I love Tesla for like the instant torque and performance. Um, it's hard not like to get a little bit swept up in what Musk is doing, but I am a big proponent of electric propulsion. So I think it's really cool, not just for the green aspect of it, but like the instant freaking torque of an electric car is insane. It's funny because I've seen some of the videos of people that like put the Tesla in ludicrous mode, the the the, the P the the, the P one hundred Ds. Mm-hmm. Crazy stuff, craziness. Dude, it's, it's insane. You saw, like, you know, Marquez's video um, uh, on it is, is in, insane what he's done with his car. Judner just got a 100D. Yeah. I mean, these cars are like supercar fast. It's zero to 60 in two and a half seconds. Yeah. I mean, these things are are, are beasts. And the, the curve on it is, is a straight line because you have to wait for, for revs to start getting the power. Uh, it's awesome. And uh, so, yeah, I, I watch a lot of electric car videos too. All right, so you were at CES, correct? I was, sir. Now, you, uh, I don't know, or oh, you probably are aware that Marquez took a ride in a driverless taxi. I did. <laughs> what, what do you think about self-driving cars at this point? So they were all over, I mean, all over Vegas. You could see them emblazoned. So I had a, so not necessarily yes, but I had a chance last year um, to go to the Waymo campus, you know, Google self-driving um, they wouldn't let me film it, but I got a ride in a full self-driving. It was Chrysler Pacifica. Um, and that is freaking wild to actually like sit in the car, trust the car, and let the car drive and navigate. And this thing really did it. Um, so they're coming. So they're not as close as people think to sort of hitting the roads. I know they're doing test beds in Arizona, but cars are not going to be fully self-driving for a very, very long time. Um, I'm saddened by it because I love to drive, but also I'm really happy for the reduction of accidents. Uh, and also, I mean, look at like our generation and, and younger and even our parents. We're never going to have to take the keys away from those folks. You know, we had to take my, we had to take my grandparents' keys away. You know, he turned 90 years old. He couldn't drive anymore. We're never going to have to get to that point. We'll have a self-driving car or a shared car that can take us anywhere we want. So the autonomy for like older people and like when we get old is awesome. And I think it's a big paradigm shift and it's a scary shift. Damn, it's going to be great when it starts to actually happen. Yeah, like I don't think we're that close at all, but we are moving closer and closer every day. Definitely. So while you were out at CES, what was yes. your favorite thing that you saw at CES this year? So, yes, yeah, so the CES has been strange. It's been taken over by like TVs and cars. Uh, <laughs> seems seems to be like everything from CES. So seeing the, the Rivlin cars, so seeing like their the new sort of electric startup, their SUV and their pickup truck. It was really freaking cool to see. Um, seeing LG's actual production roll-up TV was ins- insane. Uh, and also perhaps the most impractical product, but also the most impractical product that I really wanted. I mean, it takes like 15 <laughs> seconds to roll this thing up. And it's like, you know, they should play like pop and circumstance music and then it rolls itself back down very slowly. Um, but it was absolutely incredible to see Samsung's wall TV to see how like OLED technology is advancing was insane to actually witness. Um, and there was some stuff shown behind closed doors that I can't talk about, but let's say right. it's, it's one more than 4G. Um, <laughs> Uh, I, I am picking up what you're putting you, down. Let's say let's say it's one more than 4G, and let's say it's made by a company that runs with like Famfung. Um, 
you know, see, there, there's a lot of cool stuff that goes on. Um, and then seeing like the the foldable phone and like seeing that was as royal. Um, sort of seeing that in person is all right. Let, let's weird. stop right there. Let's stop right there. Again, I'm really. I mean, some people. I'm do red. Let's do it. I'm getting pumped, man. Some Fire people think that foldable phones are like actual, actually practical and. Are there we ready? And I'm just like, I don't see it. So, child Ranger, where are you on foldable phones right now? Oh, yeah. All right. So here, here's what I stand on foldable phones. I'm thinking it's time for, for, for rant video on this. I see them as completely impractical and unnecessary, but but like any change in technology, there has to be that phase of impracticality before you get to how it can be practical. That's the same thing Marquette told me. And so, I, can, I, I agree. I mean, it's very true. So for every like curved phone that you saw, you had to have a was a Galaxy Note Edge. We're like, this is so stupid. Why would anybody want this? And you're like, oh, then you see the Galaxy S9. And you're like, I get why that existed. So the idea of a foldable phone without visible hinges um, is incredible. Like that very, very fake video that Xiaomi put out. <laughs> That's awesome. What you get in reality is a phone with gigantic hinges that makes the whole concept seem ridiculous. So when we get there, I think it'll be sweet. Um, but we are not there right now. And uh, I think the foldable future is probably going to come when self-driving cars come. So not for a very long time. Yeah, I am definitely in agreement with you there. Um, like you said, I think foldable phones might have a place down the road. But right now, in 2019, I don't want to hear about a foldable phone. They are not ready for prime time at all. Well, we'll see what some companies think later on in the year. Uh, but I, I agree with you. Well, supposedly, big Samsung is unveiling theirs on the 20th of February. So we shall see. But yeah, we, sh we shall. We'll see something from Samsung on, uh, on the 20th. But I'm, I'm excited for what they're going to do next. I think it's kind of interesting how they've gone with their design language. Samsung is there. They're always at the forefront of innovation, man. If they do nothing else right, they will innovate the hell out of some stuff. No doubt. So, all right. So let's talk about that for a minute. Um, Samsung's had a dubious innovation history, I think. I think so. I mean, they said all those as a $6 billion lawsuit with Apple. What they did from a business standpoint was so brilliant. Like for us to do our own, this is like pre-Galaxy S6. For like them to do their own R&D would have cost way more than six billion dollars they just stole it essentially and they paid the and they paid the fine and they probably saved i mean i'm guessing they probably saved seven or eight billion dollars in costs and they got themselves to be one of the world's leading mobile manufacturers in the process and now you get to see the benefit of not having to shell out that early r d you get these phones allegedly with, with punch designs and you know crazy screens and you get to see all the stuff that other companies just can't do um should make a video on that. Um, so anyway, it's it's fascinating to see what Samsung has done. And from like a purely like business standpoint, I I mean you I respect it. Whether it's ethical is, 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 a, is a different discussion. But there there is a saying that out there it's like great artist copy, no good artist copy, great artist video. And they stole the iPhone design and made it into the Galaxy series and then took it into new heights. So Samsung, like I said, they have they have definitely been making moves on the innovation front. Even if they had a little guidance from Apple, very true, very they, true. I will give, I will give you that, and ran with it, no doubt. So speaking of Apple, I know we don't have much time because you got to go here in a few minutes, but I would be remiss if I did not talk to you about the current issue happening with Apple and the FaceTime bug, and it's so ironic and 
and just coincidental because of that big advertisement that they just plastered at the very CES that you were at. So you probably saw the big billboard that advertised CES. I did. So there's two schools of thought on on this. Um, I think the one that I probably found on the camp is it was a really big bug, and it's a it was a problem. Um, and as quickly as they realized, at least allegedly, that there was a problem, they turned off the group FaceTime servers. And they essentially took care of the problem until software fix comes out. So I give Apple credit. And this was just a bug. This wasn't smart speakers listening into your conversations. This wasn't a search giant selling your information to a third party. This was legitimately a bug. And I'm not trying to take away from the potential liability and privacy violations that came along with it. But it was a bug without malicious intent. And it was rectified and fixed as quickly as Apple could do it, I believe. Uh, they just turned the servers off. Like, great, no more group FaceTime calls until that gets fixed. So I'm not apologizing for it. These bugs shouldn't happen in the first place. But I do think after it happened, Apple did what they could to rectify it. They did. There was a report out there earlier today that Apple knew about this nine days ago, and they just turned off the servers yesterday. So. One could say that they were a little bit slow-footed to come around to turning the servers off and whatnot. It seems like definitely uh, lately with Apple, they don't really respond to bugs until it becomes like blogger headline news per se. So they've been very slow lately in responding to different controversies and bugs. And the other thing that really makes me scratch my head is we have had a lot of bugs and scandals with Apple lately. I mean, we got Ben Gate, We got bad keyboards on the MacBook Pro. We got we got um the the flex gate with the MacBook Pro displayed. We got issue we had issues with the Apple Watch Series 3. I mean we I mean and then out of man it's just it Apple I mean I know that people will say that it's it doesn't have it's not all up to Steve Jobs. It's not all like oh well, this wouldn't happen to Steve Jobs with there because Steve Jobs had his issues too. But I will contend and say that ever since Steve Jobs passed away it seems like Apple has been a lot more lax in their quality control than what they were when Steve Jobs was living. I'm just saying. Listen, so I, you're not wrong with that. Um, but since Tim Cook took over, they did become the first privately or the first publicly traded trillion dollar company. Uh, their market cap has almost doubled, I believe, since Tim Cook took over. So if you yeah. say that a CEO's job is to the shareholders, then it's actually been better since Steve Jobs has passed away. Yeah. If you want to take it from the perspective of the consumer, then certainly the consumer products are not up to the same standards, perhaps, uh, as they were. But also technology advanced, or maybe you can't do the same things that you could previously. Correct. You are. You're very right. If in terms of Apple generating revenue, Tim Cook has been nothing short of the man. But in terms of Apple putting out high quality consumer products like they used to, he is leaving a lot to be desired. Sure. Hopefully they could pick it up, but I mean, it seems to be like one thing after another with Apple. So I don't know, man. I don't know. I mean, I, I think fifteen hundred dollar iPhones are probably not helping. No, uh, not at you all. Know, helping helping the cause. And uh, so Apple announced earnings like an hour ago. Yeah. Uh, so I had a chance to look at some highlights, and Tim Cook did say that I think price was a reason. Uh, Obviously, they want, yeah. They want to be like, yeah, no. Price right. Is exactly. Right. You know, <laughs> your people aren't shelling out thousand dollars every year to get a better camera. Like, there's no reason. And I think Apple's problem was the iPhone 10 was so good. There's very little reason people who bought an iPhone 10 to get a 10s. Like, there's 
very little compelling reason to do it. It was practically the same phone, John. It was the same phone. I, I don't I don't disagree. Um, if I wasn't like in this line of work and I was using an iPhone, I would I'd have an iPhone 10 and I'd be fine with it. Um, so victim of their own success, maybe. And I think a lot of it has to do with hubris too, because we know that Apple kind of is just in their own reality reality distortion field. They they want to act like there's no competition. They can just do whatever they want. But there is more and more competition in the mobile space each and every year. You got companies like OnePlus offering high quality phones for half the price of an iPhone. You got Huawei, even though they're not really here in the U.S. Across the globe, Huawei is making moves. And then Samsung is always nipping at their heels. I mean, people are chomping at the bit to knock the king off. And the king's hubris can lead to their downfall if they don't clean this stuff up, man. I'm just saying. At some point, the allure of, of iMessage um, isn't going to be enough anymore. Amen. Um, so what Apple does next is going to be interesting. I think the next two to three generations of phones are really going to foretell the future. I think we're going to see Apple as more of a service company. So Tim Cook was saying, don't pay attention to sales numbers. Pay attention to install base. So maybe focus less on how many iPhone Rs we sold and focus more on how many people out there have iPhones in general. Um, it was a very interesting statement I saw that I thought. You can say that. But unless you have a plan to generate revenue out of that install base, I don't know how much they're going to hold up with the shareholders. I mean, I know we're, we know they're they're transitioning over into services. Mm -hmm. They got Apple Music. They're mm -hmm. supposedly coming out to work their streaming TV services pretty soon. We know they they uh, they stretched out iTunes to be included on Samsung Smart TVs. So we know they are in the infancy of expanding their services. But are these going to be sustainable revenue um, growth? Uh, uh, Product line, pipeline. So unless they spin off, and I doubt they ever would, but unless they spin off iMessage uh, as a service or a subscription service across platform, uh, I don't think it's going to matter too much. Um, but I think what Apple's saying when they're saying look at the services, you say iPhone, you're like, okay, I don't know what the percentage is, but people are probably paying two bucks a month for 200 gigabytes of iCloud storage. People are subscribing to Apple Music at a, at a pretty rapid base. Yeah. So all those users are subscribing to these Apple sort of incremental revenue streams. But eventually those aren't going to be enough. Like you said, like Samsung's got comp compelling offerings. Um, Google Drive is, is incredible. Um, I think the best thing that's happened to Apple recently is Google having their head so far up their ass when it comes to messaging, they don't know what to do. Um, <laughs> but if Google ever figures out messaging and actually keeps the messaging app for longer than three years, uh, I think Apple's actually going to have a, a lot more trouble than than they might think. Yeah, it, it's funny because about even two years ago, if you would have told me that Apple expanding iMessage to non-iOS devices was something that they should consider, I would have been like, you are absolutely crazy. But with the year-over-year -year decline of iPhone sales, that is looking more and more like something that they really should consider because, like you said, they need to find new ways to generate revenue. And iMessage is one of their biggest, like, proprietary technology that they're holding on to right now and that would definitely bring in some new eyes if you make iMessage available to those outside of the wall garden i don't disagree make it a, a subscription model make it pay to right. buy however you want to do it i would ditch my iphone so fast <laughs> uh and i mean and, and go running to the open arms of uh, of the samsung's uh, the google's lg's uh, of the world to offer very compelling competing options no doubt man no doubt John Redinger, 
It's been a pleasure, man. It has been a pleasure, an honor, and a privilege to be on your airwaves, sir. It's been an honor and a privilege to have you on my live stream, on my podcast. Thank you for joining me. Um, I'm going to put all your information in, in the show notes anyway, but let the people know where they can find you before we get out of here. Yes, so uh, you can check me out at youtube.com slash John for Lakers, or the new channel is uh, The Apple Circle. Uh, but mostly I'm just happy to be here and uh, honored to be a part of a really up-and-coming tech YouTube channel um, and personality. So you're here for a reason. You're here for Vibe. Tell your friends. Um, I can't wait to see what 2019 uh, brings for you, man. Man, I appreciate the compliments, man. Like I said, I've been watching you for a long time. Um, your day in the life videos that you used to do with the Galaxy Note, you used to love watching those. Thank you. Hopefully we'll see those, some of those in 2019. Those, those are definitely coming back. Yes, looking forward to those. Thank, Thank you, my friend. Be good. Thank you, John Ranger. I appreciate it. All right, you all. That is the end of the podcast. I appreciate you all showing up in the live stream. For those of you all that are listening on audio, thank you for listening. Uh, we will be back very, very quickly because I have another special guest coming this week. So be on the lookout for that. But until the next podcast, this your boy Viper, the man about tech. You know where to find me.